Welcome to Podcasting Experiments from the Creative Studio. Most podcasters stick with the normal podcasting practices, but you, you're different. You like to try different things. You do it like this, and then you break the mold. Now, in this fifth season, we're going to be talking with people that are doing something unique with their podcast. Maybe it's their format, their philosophy, their niche, whatever it is. We're going to find out what makes them tick. We're going to see what works and what doesn't. We'll see what we can learn and then be able to apply to our own podcast as well. You can visit our website at podcastingexperiments.com. Welcome back to Podcasting Experiments. My name is Joshua Rivers. I am your host as we explore some different things that we can be able to do with our podcasts. And today I am excited to be able to have Jonathan Messenger on the show with us. And it's really cool to be able to talk to him. I've been listening to his podcast, Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, uh, along with my kids. And so I hear his voice a lot through that medium. And so it's definitely very neat to be able to talk with you in person, Jonathan. Thank you for being on the show. Sure. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for listening to the show. I know that's a lot of my voice to listen to while your kids are listening to it. So I appreciate it. Actually, sometimes I wonder if it's me listening to it and the kids just listening along um, <laughs> sometimes. And so definitely enjoy it. Um, Thanks. So let, let's go back. And so you've been doing this for a couple of years now. So how did you first get into podcasting to begin to been, uh, to begin with? Was this your first one or did you have anything before that? This was not my first one. So I should say this was my first planned podcast, which I had the goal of making Finn Caspian. But before I did that, I made a podcast. I was a big, uh, I am a big soccer fan of uh, the Premier League in in England. And so I made a podcast for about six months about my favorite team over there just to learn how to make a podcast. It was sort of like a, I call it my secret podcast (laughs) because I didn't really like tell a lot of people about it, but I did make it for a while just to see what sorts of things I could learn and what mistakes I would make so I wouldn't make them with Finn. And uh, it was probably a gigantic waste of time, but I did learn a ton. And so it was very helpful in that in that respect. And I also made, at that time, I started making a podcast for my job at the time. I convinced my boss to let me make a podcast for him, and I learned a lot then. And then, but this that was all kind of building up to making podcasts for kids. Okay, that's cool. And so... Also, I know that you have crafted a lot of the story or most of the story, if not all of it, in in regards to Finn Caspian. So do you have a background in writing and such like that as well? Yeah. So my my background is in fiction writing and publishing. I wrote a book of short stories a few years ago that came out and uh, I ran a publisher here that published short stories and novels here, meaning in Chicago, for a number of years. And I sold that company, I think, I want to say it was 2013, maybe 14. And then once I had sold that company, I thought, I had basically I had this idea for a children's book that I really wanted to write that was the same premise as Finn Caspian. But then as I was kind of working on that book and coming up with the characters and the basic plot and everything, my son, who was five at the time, got really into audiobooks. And so we started listening to audiobooks in the cars all the time on road trips, then also just kind of commuting around town. And I started looking around for podcasts for him to listen to that I, 
I would like as well. And I, at that time, there really wasn't anything. A lot of the podcasts for kids were things like kind of recycled fables, like a lot of Aesop's fables read by British people, <laughs> a lot of like public domain stuff that, that I wasn't as interested in listening to. So then I had the idea, well, maybe I could make, instead of writing this book, I could make it a podcast uh, and maybe more parents out there would be looking for this sort of thing. Yeah, I, I definitely think it really works. And so I actually just recently re-listened to your episode with Chris Curran on the uh, podcasting engineering show. Oh, yeah. Podcast engineering school. Yeah. Yeah. And so so I just recently re-listened to that. I listened to that originally uh, back whatever it was two years ago when that first aired. And so you're just kind of getting started, uh, I think, a few months into launching the podcast. And so you kind of went into a lot of the things that you were doing at that time, as far as like behind the scenes and getting uh, the different voices and the the robot sounds and all of that kind of stuff put together. And so I would definitely recommend for anybody listening, if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back to that. And so not to necessarily rehash everything that maybe you discussed as far as your workflow and things like that. Is there is there anything maybe that you've changed over the last couple of years um, as far as how you do your production? Well, I think maybe a couple of things. One is that I have been kind of less aggressive in how much sound design I put in the show. Um, I still have a lot of sound effects and a lot of music in the show, but when I listen to some of those earlier episodes, it feels like too much. And especially when you're telling a story, it feels to me a little distracting. And so I've pared that back a little bit. So I should say that my son Griffin serves as the editor of the show. So he tells me what things work and don't work on the show. And he comes up with different ideas for the show. And he came up with this idea for Griffin's sound club. And the basic idea of this is that kids, listeners make sounds, record them on their parents' phones, usually or on their computers and email them to us. And sometimes the sounds are really perfect for the show. And we put them into the show as sound effects on the show. Sometimes the sounds come and we manipulate them in our software to sound more kind of sci-fi or space since the whole show takes place in space, more kind of like spaceship sounds, that sort of thing. And that's been super fun because kids send in crazy sounds and then I get to play with them and put them into the soundscape of the show. But it is also quite a bit of work sometimes to try to make a sound that a kid is maybe making in the bathtub or something like that <laughs> and turn it into something that makes sense on the show. But it's uh, it's like I said, it's, it's a challenge, but it's really fun. Yeah, it sounds like it's fun. And so um, just be able to play with different sounds. And I guess you probably just use different plugins and such to be able to manipulate all that. And so right. I, can, I can definitely see being able to have some fun with that. So has there been any other challenges that – um, that you've encountered as you've been producing this podcast? I mean, it's always when you're writing a show as a story, just getting the kind of flow down where you're right. Cause a lot of my episodes are reacting to listener feedback. So we have a lot of kids writing in with ideas or questions. And then I kind of weave those into the stories I write. And so just the sort of workflow of like, write the story edit the story, read the story to Griffin, who then edits the story, read, the, record the story, record Griffin, put it all together, 
uh, all that just sometimes it gets away from me a little bit and I'm up until 3 a.m. writing a story and uh, screaming into a, a pillow or something, <laughs> or something so I don't wake up my family. Some of that stuff can be kind of a challenge. But I would say that the kind of the biggest challenge that came when the show launched was just letting people know that there are podcasts for kids and this is something that you can do with your kids, whether it's in the car or it's around the breakfast table or dinner table or before bed. And over the last couple of years, there have been a lot more people making podcasts for kids. There's a lot of really high quality shows for kids. And I think that that's getting out there more. People are knowing about it a lot more. And so that challenge of not only letting people know that my show exists, but letting people know that this sort of show even exists at all. Uh, you know, cause I mean, I think that a lot of times there's still the kind of barrier for podcasts. So, you know, podcasters have to explain to people sometimes what a podcast is and how to get it. And then each, each time you kind of add another layer to it, it, you kind of remove it from the audience. Right. So it's like, I have to explain what a podcast is. And now I have to explain what a podcast for kids is, you know, Um, and so, but that, I think that that barrier has come down a lot in the last couple of years and, uh, a lot of people know about it. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely think it's growing as far as the, uh, number of people who know what it is. And obviously people listening, it's starting to grow. I can't remember what they say the numbers are, but it seems to be growing at a two to 3%, um, every year. And so eventually we'll, we'll get everybody. Yeah, right. One thing I know that's uh, unique, and I know some people record podcasts live and things like that, but you've had some, this last summer, some live meetups and recordings and things like that that you did in in various places. And so I know there were some in Chicago and up in Wisconsin and some other areas. So first of all, how did all that come to be? And then how did that work out for you? Well, so the I started doing live shows because there's a literary festival here in Chicago called the Printers Row Literary Festival, which is a big weekend long fest that happens across like three or four blocks in downtown Chicago. It's really fun. And they asked me last year if I would like to perform. They have like a I think I forget what they call it. They call it like Little Lit or something like that, a little lit stage outside in this little park downtown. And they asked me if I wanted to perform. And I said, sure, because it sounded like a lot of fun and I really liked that festival a lot, but I didn't really have a good idea of what my live show would be. And so just by being asked to do this, I really had to come up with something. And so the live show is super fun. Basically what I do is I write a story that is a choose your own adventure story. And so the kids at various points of the story, I'll say, should the characters go into the cave or should they climb the mountain or uh, should they listen to that alien or should they ignore the alien, that sort of thing. And the kids have to yell for which way they want the characters to go. And then I also have kids on stage with me performing as a live Griffin sound club. So while I'm telling the story, I'm pointing to them and they're making the bird sounds (laughs) or the waterfall sounds or whatever it is, uh, which is really fun. And I have I have a setup where I can do different voices live. And the whole show is really fun. It's a giant mess because I have to like keep track of the story, the choose your own adventure story. I have to keep the audience engaged. I have to keep the kids on stage performing. I have to use multiple mics for the different sounds, different voices. So it it gets a little wild sometimes. 
but it's really fun and it's been hugely rewarding to be able to meet a lot of the kids who uh, listen to the show, meet them in person. It's been uh, so much fun. Yeah, that sounds great. And so I know I kept hearing about it, but uh, but they were all too far from where I live to be able to try to try to attend. So I was definitely disappointed to that. But uh, <laughs> but part of me was like, well, maybe I could make a trip out of this. <laughs> yeah. and, but then was able to happen. My my big plan is to um, is to do a tour to really tour it because I, I have a couple other projects and I really want to like kind of just hop in the car and take my equipment around and do a bunch of different cities around the U.S. But I uh, uh, have to find the time and the money to do that. Yeah. Travel isn't cheap. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. All right. Well, well, that's cool. That's cool. And so uh, maybe that's something that we as podcasters in other areas can be able to try to learn from, because I know some people record live or they just record in live settings and things like that. I have a client of mine that just recently went to New York and did a, a live recording and we're using part of that for the podcast. And so it was kind of a meetup slash um, live recording kind of thing. And so um, I know there's others that are doing something similar in that fashion. And so just try to see different perspectives and, yeah. and, and see the benefits as well. So, so that's really cool. I think the thing about doing a live podcast is that you really want to, at least I, for me, I really wanted to tailor it for that live audience to make sure that it's something that is worthwhile for them to, uh, whether they're paying a ticket price or not. Uh, most of the shows that I've done are free take the time to come out just to really, so it's not just me kind of telling a story. It's a lot of different things happening on stage. And I think the most successful live podcasts are ones that tailor their show, not change it completely, but tailor their show to have some element to make it uh, really valuable for the audience that that comes. Yeah, very true. Yeah, another thing that I, I know has changed with your podcast is now there's a network. There's PRX, but then there's also the Gen Z uh, media, and so which is a, a bunch of different shows geared toward kids. So can you kind of explain how those got started or how you got involved with them and and different things like that? Sure. So when Finn Caspian came out, I met these guys, uh, Chris Terry and Ben Strauss, who are making a show called The Unexplainable Disappearance of Mars Patel. And that that show started, I think, maybe a month or two after Finn Caspian did. But it was in the same sort of genre like they do audio drama so it's scored kid actors scripted work as opposed to mine which was a single narrator show but it was in the same kind of vein they make their show for kind of middle grade uh kids and i met them at a podcasting conference in dc we were on a panel about kids podcasts there that i put together i asked them to be on it and i just really hit it off with them i really liked them a lot great guys super hardworking fun collaborators. And, uh, they went on to create this company, Gen Z, um, after the success of Mars Patel, which was a huge success. And I was kind of talking with them all along about what they were doing. And I had been approached by a company to maybe bring Finn Caspian onto their network. And so I was talking with the Gen Z guys about that. And then eventually after all those conversations, we just said, Hey, why don't we joined forces. And so we created basically an almost like an imprint 
of Gen Z media called Gen Z Kids. So my target audience tends to be elementary school age kids and there's more middle school age kids. And so uh, I am making more shows uh, for that age group and uh, we're, you know, there we're continuing to make a whole bunch of shows uh, for across all those groups. And so we've made the show that I make is called Pants on Fire, which is a game show for kids uh, mm-hmm. along with Finn Caspian. But there's a lot of shows on on now. We have Six Minutes, which, which comes out twice a week, every week, uh, which is a great show. It's sort of like a uh, Jason Bourne, but for middle schoolers. Um, <laughs> there's the Mayan Crystal. There's Mother Nature. There's young Ben Franklin. Uh, we brought in uh, as a partner uh, Tumble Science Podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts for kids. So there's a lot we're we're doing a lot, and we uh, are distributed by PRX. And our sort of operating principle is always that we want to make high quality content for kids that adults can listen to that really forefront kids. So whether that means something like Mars Patel or or Six Minutes, where it's all kid actors, it's just kid voices, or it's like Finn Caspian, where kids are kind of directing the action or tumble where kid questions are leading to the episodes. We really want to forefront kids and whatever we do. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And so, so it sounds like that, that network has, has really been beneficial for you and the others. And so I know there's been a lot of cross promotion too, because as you were listing all those off, I'm like, yep, listen to that, listen to that. Uh, And it all started (laughs) because we were listening to Finn Caspian and you would mention one of the others. So we would hop over to one of the others and, start listening to that. And and so uh, we're actually currently going through the Mars Patel one where we started season two now. And so that's our current one that we're starting to somewhat binge through. And so try to get caught up on that one. And so, Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so, I mean, really cool stuff. I really, really appreciate the work that you guys are putting into all of this and creating these things for kids. Then also as they grow up, of course, then they're, they know about podcasting and what podcasts are and that that can just kind of kind of set the whole stage for for the future as well. That we talk about all all the time, you know, as we talk with different podcasting companies or radio stations or whatever, like we consider what we're doing to be creating listeners for life. Right. And so they listen now and it becomes part of their media habits and then. When they get older, maybe they stop listening to our shows and they start listening to public radio shows or any podcast. Really, it's all part of their kind of habits as uh, as they get older. And mm-hmm. I, I do think that's like a a huge value that we bring to the industry that maybe the industry is still kind of catching up on. Mm hmm. Now, before we wrap up, I, I was wondering, is there anything else that maybe you've tried with uh, the podcast or, or the network or anything like that that maybe didn't work out so well? I've only had success. Only <laughs> success. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I think tried and, and hasn't quite worked. I mean, honestly, if I'm speaking 100% honestly, which I think more people in podcasting should do, PRX is selling sponsorships on our shows. They do a really amazing job. But the the way that advertisers have really caught on to the value of podcasts for adults, they have not done so with kids shows yet. 
And so that has been, I, I think, a struggle that will eventually we will win and we, we, we will we will do okay. And the and the advertisers will see the value. But I think we always want to see more. Uh, hope to see more advertising coming to uh, to kids shows. You know, I, I think that there have been my show is very interactive, and that's a huge part of why I do the show is to keep it interactive. And most of the interaction has really worked very well. But, you know, there are some times where I think maybe you almost ask too much of your audience where maybe every episode has been, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do that? <laughs> and, uh, and eventually there's a little bit of attrition. So this, we're just starting season five of the show. And I think this season we're going to have like a few big points where there's audience interaction, but maybe like last season, the end of the end of the season, we had kids writing in for like every episode, the last, I think like 10 episodes. And I think this season we're going to take it easy on that. Maybe just hit a few big points because uh, at a certain point, you know, it becomes, I think it can become noise to the audience uh, if you're just constantly asking, but if you kind of, make it a, a more special thing than it, it maybe would uh, work a little better. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point for anyone that wants to get a hold of you. If they have any other questions or, or whatever, what would be the best way for them to contact you? So, uh, well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me on. I think it's really awesome that you have this show that is trying to highlight people who are doing different things in podcasting. And so that's, uh, I'm really pleased to be on the show um, if people want to get in touch with me, my email is earth at fincaspian.com and I'm Finn Caspian on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And then all of our shows, all of the Gen Z shows, if you want to find the other shows are at bestrobotever.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's episode of Podcasting Experiments from the Creative Studio. If you found this podcast helpful or interesting, please share it with a friend. Detailed show notes can be found on the website at podcastingexperiments.com. Podcasting Experiments is a production of Podcast Guy Media, LLC, at podcastguymedia.com.